Coming up, we got early predictions for the next football season. And also, what is the deal with Indiana and Ohio State? Are the Hoosiers back? Are the Buckeyes done? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into some of the latest in the biggest swings on the basketball court. Indiana's won a couple in a row, and in convincing fashion after a cold spell. Meanwhile, Ohio State continues to spiral. What's going on with both those teams? We'll get into it here on the program. We're going to start, though, with a look from Athlon Sports at a way too early prediction for the next football season. What do they have to say, and what does it mean for where we're at in the Big Ten? We're going to get into all of it right here on the show. Before we do any of that, though, a reminder and a thank you for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. And also, be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter, too. It's at Locked On Big Ten, one zero at the end, not T-E-N. All right, let's dive right into everything that we need to get into here today, starting with Athlon Sports, which a couple of days ago came out with its, quote, way too early predictions for the 2023 football season. And to be quite honest, there isn't anything all that surprising when you're looking at this list. Uh, It goes from top to bottom on the east side, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Indiana. Then on the west, you have Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, and Northwestern. Uh, Pretty cookie cutter, which is what you expect at this point in the season. But I think more than actually getting into the reasoning that Athlon has for everything, I actually want to talk more about why is it that we think everything is going to be so uniform right now and next season in the Big Ten? As you have things currently standing, I think what Athlon and everyone else is going to say is pretty clear in that there are three teams really that are kind of at the top of the Big Ten right now, all in the East Division. You've got, of course, Michigan and Ohio State, and then there's some belief that Penn State's going to be able to creep into that group over the next year or two as well with the talent that they're developing. But it's kind of a consensus right now that those are the three teams in the Big Ten. And I don't disagree at all when we're talking about things from a national standpoint. If we're talking about which teams can legitimately compete for a national championship over the next couple of years, it's only those three schools. When the playoff gets expanded, then, of course, you may see another one slip in there. But when you're talking about who's really contending here, it's those three teams. And it has been the entire last season. and really forever in the Big Ten. When you're talking about big football schools, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, pretty good bets to be up there near the top. What I'm talking more about is, though, actually in Big Ten play. Because while everyone, I think, can agree that this is the order that we see things right now, if you're going top to bottom in each division, I do think that there's a little bit of an assumption coming out that really shouldn't be there, that the gap is so large that none of these teams can lose. 
because that's what we saw this season. Both Ohio State and Michigan didn't lose to anybody else in the Big Ten. Penn State pretty much took care easily of everybody except for Michigan and Ohio State, who easily took care of Penn State. So when you look at what's happening in the Big Ten over the last couple of years, it's easy to believe that it's just going to continue with that trend. But I feel like you're not taking into account, we are not taking into account, at least right now, really early, the possibility, if not likelihood, that things are getting ready to change here soon. I'm not saying anyone's going to take over Michigan and Ohio State spot at the top, but I mean, C.J. Stroud gave the Buckeyes, for example, a luxury of never losing to anybody except Michigan. And before C.J. Stroud was there, that was one of the hiccups under Ryan Day's resume was the fact that he would lose these random games to a Purdue or anybody else. The point being that if you're looking for more of the same, yes, right now, you kind of have to say, yeah, okay, Michigan's on top, Wisconsin's on top, on the other side, it's wide open in the West, whatever it is. You have to be real basic about it when you're talking about things that aren't going to be starting up for another nine months. But as far as like what to expect, this Big Ten season was exciting but predictable. And I don't think you can fall into that lull of expecting predictability from this conference. And people who have been around the conference long enough know that. But at the same time, I don't know if they're taking it into what they're thinking about going forward. Like all indications on the West side of the Big Ten, for example, everything would indicate that that, com- that side is going to be just wide open again next season. Everybody thought it was going to be wide open this season, and it absolutely was going right down to the wire. But at the same time, think about how, how much better somebody would have had to been. Not all that much. And how many teams could have gotten just a little bit better and just run away with that west side of the Big Ten? Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, obviously Illinois. Those are all teams where if they had just played a little bit better, been a little bit better on one or two more things, they could have easily walked away with the Big Ten West, had it won by the time they got to the last weekend. And I think that's more of a likelihood this coming season. But when you're talking about who's actually going to do that, yeah, Wisconsin maybe is the most likely, but when you're talking about early predictions for 2023 and you're thinking, oh, this just looks exactly like the Big Ten standings for 2022, yeah, there's a reason for that. And it's partly because these schools at the top have separated themselves, but it's also because in the Big Ten, you can't predict anything like that. And I think it's a little bit foolish in this case, especially to be able to say, oh, well, this is how things are going to play out. Because, yeah, it's been that way. It's been predictable. Trying to say that it's going to be more of the same is not really all that groundbreaking. I'm not saying you should be going out and making all sorts of bold claims that Nebraska is going to win the Big Ten West next year or anything. But the point is, there's no point in doing this just yet. Yes, it's fun. And yes, looking forward to next season is always something we're going to do. But at this point, trying to figure out, okay, how is each team going to finish next season in the Big Ten? That's a foolish way of phrasing it. If you want to do basically what Athlon did and rank Big Ten teams, that's all good. But understand that when they're actually saying, oh, here's how we think it's going to play out, that's just part of the clickbait. They're really just ranking teams. Anywho, 
Moving on here on Locked On Big Ten, we're going to get into Indiana and Ohio State basketball. These two teams headed in different directions, it seems, at least. Indiana has found itself maybe a bit with a couple of big wins. Meanwhile, Ohio State suffered its fifth straight loss to Nebraska. We're going to figure that out here in just a minute right now on Locked On Big Ten. But before we do any of that, though, Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. If you need to know something about what's going on in the sports betting world, you can get it over at Bet Online. Right now, you can find all of the games that you could possibly ever search for, all of the bets that you could ever want to place, and all of the information that you would need over at Bet Online. It's a one stop shop for all of your sports gambling resources. Bet Online, where the game starts. Actually, one more note before we get into basketball stuff. I did want to point out something in particular that I think you see in the Athlon article here, but you also see, I think, in general going forward. And that's Michigan getting the respect it deserves. Michigan Wolverines fans had to go through this entire season, with myself included, everyone saying that even though Michigan won last year, Ohio State's still the more talented team here, just off of what we had seen on paper and with what they had done out there on the field, Ohio State looked just as good as it had been last season, if not better, while Michigan lost a whole lot on defense. So throughout the entire season, despite Michigan having that win, Wolverines fans had to see the Ohio State team get ranked higher and really Michigan not get taken as seriously as a team that had already won that game. A lot of people, again, myself included, were saying that if both teams bring out their A games, Michigan is not winning that football game. Michigan blew them out of the water for a second straight time, made the playoff for a second straight time. And now they will get that respect, not only from the Big Ten, but from the national rankings as well. Michigan will be ranked higher than Ohio State in the preseason polls. Michigan will be ranked higher than Ohio State for as long as it takes for Michigan to lose a football game. It took one year longer than it should have. And Michigan fans will want to whine about the entire time how, hey, this is Michigan football. We shouldn't be having to wait for that respect. And you're probably right. But now you will get it. You will understand and feel what it's like to be on top of Ohio State, at least until you lose to the Buckeyes again. Because even though Michigan is taking over, at least right now, the dominance on the field, I still think that there's a belief that Ohio State does it better when it comes to the recruiting and off-the-field stuff that makes its team. It's going to be a, a little bit longer before Michigan's able to completely turn that tide. And of course, the recruiting rankings help a lot with that too. All right, let's get into basketball now. Two teams in weird spots. Indiana at least in a better one on a two-game winning streak. And let's start with the Hoosiers because this has been a weird turnaround for them. I had talked before about how this team had really struggled to find that kind of to either takeover guy in a Trace Jackson Davis or somebody to supplement Trace Jackson Davis when he is able to be contained. And in what we've gotten in the last couple of games has been an Indiana team that looks like it can compete in a national level, which we had not seen Indiana do for a complete 40-minute game very much all season long. But Indiana, on its second straight win, beats Illinois, and Trace Jackson Davis outstanding. 35 points, 15 of 19 from the field. He adds nine rebounds, five assists, and three blocks, too. Just a stat sheet stuffed after he was all over the court against the Illini. We've talked about who's going to be the guy 
for Indiana when teams focus in too much on Trace Jackson Davis. And maybe that's a little bit dismissive by me, but at the same time, Trace Jackson Davis hasn't done a great job of reminding us that he's supposed to be a guy who can dominate no matter what you're putting on him. This is preseason All-American Trace Jackson Davis. This is a guy who is supposed to lead Indiana at one point, a top 10 team, to their first tournament glory in a very, very long time, whatever that standard is for IU. A Final Four, maybe? I, I don't know. But anywho, Trace Jackson Davis hadn't been that guy this season. He'd been really good. He is really. He's averaging 17 points per game right now. He's still playing really good basketball. But as far as the dominance that you wanted from him, the kind of asserting his will physically that you expect from a big guy who could be as versatile as Trace Jackson Davis is, it just hasn't happened. And we saw it against Illinois. The question is, why? What was it that allowed that to come out? Well, part of it is, of course, just that Illinois isn't that big. Since losing Kofi Cokeburn, that team has been struggling to find some sort of presence on the interior. And Jackson Davis and the rest of Indiana really took advantage of it. I mean, like I said, 15 of 19 from the field. That's not just good shooting. That's him forcing himself to the bucket to get high percentage shots. So with Illinois, you have a team that's small that Trace Jackson Davis could take advantage of. But we've seen other teams be able to contain him in a way that you're, again, not supposed to be able to contain an all-American kind of player. He's supposed to have this kind of an impact every single time out, whether it results in 35 points on the scoreboard or not. He's the guy that's supposed to be leading your team to these wins. So the question is, how do you make sure that he can do that every single time out? It really is just a matter of consistency at this point. Trace Jackson Davis is really good when he can get that good look inside. And what he does around complementing that inside look when he can get it is really elite stuff. But when he's not able to do that and you take away that one part of his game, it feels like the other stuff loses some of its dynamic ability as well. Trace Jackson Davis is a really good basketball player, elite college basketball player. He needs to figure out what it is that's keeping him from having the huge impact on a game every time, like what he did here against Illinois. Because I feel like he has it in him. I feel like that player who can do this kind of thing can be there every single game. But I just have not seen him quite put all the pieces together yet. Or maybe it's Indiana that's not quite putting all the pieces together and figuring out how to utilize it all yet. But the point is that the Hoosiers are buying themselves some time over these last couple of games, but this needs to be investigated and figured out. How do we make sure that this keeps happening? What is it that's working right now? And what do we do to make it work against bigger teams? Because there are much bigger teams in the Big Ten, and there's evidence that while he did really good here today, Trace Jackson Davis may only be doing super well against the teams that he's able to size up with. Because when he's smaller than the guys that are defending him, it seems a little bit tougher for him to get his looks. Moving on to Ohio State. The Buckeyes, while Indiana has won a couple of row, Ohio State's on the verge of falling out of this tournament. On the latest update from Joe Lenardi's Bracketology, which we'll get a full update on later on, Buckeyes are a 10 seed, or no, 11 seed, I'm sorry, and falling all the way down to the last four teams in as an at-large bid. This is coming after their fifth consecutive loss to Nebraska in the Cornhuskers. And 
not good, not good stuff from Ohio State in these games. Now, fans will point out none of these losses have been by more than seven points. So Buckeyes are in these matchups, and they've shown the ability to win games. There's no doubt about that. They've shown the talent to be a tournament team. I don't think there's any doubt about that either. This is a team that's one of the top 68 in college basketball and one of the top 30 or whatever that'll get large bids too if we're talking about what really matters. As far as just talent, Ohio State's there. But when you're losing to Nebraska and Minnesota and Maryland, now that Maryland seems like it's a bubble team as well too, in the last five games, you find yourself, again, struggling to find air. We already talked about some of the statistics after Ohio State had lost to Minnesota, but it's more of the same. Ohio State less than 40% from the field in this game against the Cornhuskers, less than 30% from three-point in this matchup. This team was not ready to win the game. But again, against a team like Nebraska or Minnesota, even if you're not shooting your best, you should be able to win that game if you're that much better than those teams, which is something I thought Ohio State was. I guess maybe I was just wrong, or maybe they're still trying to figure it all out. But I was thinking a month ago that Ohio State was a team that, with Bryce Sensabaugh at that leader spot, or at least that breakout spot, had the potential to lead them to Big Ten championships. Instead, now I'm trying to think, okay, can this guy in Bryce Sensabaugh, or can one of the senior leaders there for the Buckeyes, or can anyone figure this out and get this team out of this slump? Because on paper, there's plenty of names that should be able there and ready to answer the call. But as far as what's actually happening, Buckeyes are on the way out. And it's not not looking good for the future in what they have coming up on their schedule either. So we'll see what ends up happening with Ohio State. For Indiana, things are looking good. They're shooting well. Trace Jackson Davis, you got to figure out how to get him that kind of impactful every time and the defense is looking good too in these two wins they've given up 45 and 65 points they've got another good test coming up though on sunday against michigan state team playing well as late and also second in the big 10 as for ohio state you lose five in a row this is a huge game coming up on saturday against iowa again buckeyes in the last four teams in according to the latest bracketology update We'll see if they can pick up a big win over a current seven seed in the Hawkeyes to get themselves a little more wiggle room. We'll talk more about that latest update from Bracketology as well as the latest in Big Ten news as we wrap up here in just a moment on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do, though, if you're looking for a delicious treat and also don't want to get too unhealthy when you're starting out the new year, you can head on over to Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you want to know more about what I'm talking about, you head over to Built.com and check out all the great flavors of Built Bar that are available to you. If you want to get 130 calories only in a great tasting protein bar that also only packs in 4 grams of sugar while getting in 17 grams of protein, you can head on over to Built Bar and try it out. They have great flavors coming out all the time, such as coconut almond, churro, peanut butter brownie, even more always new ones on the shelves from Built Bar. And you can head on over to Built.com right now to check it out. Again, it's Built.com to try out Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Let's wrap things up with Big Ten news. We've got news in the Michigan infractions case by the NCAA, uh, reports of violations by Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh's refusal to acknowledge lying to the NCAA, apparently a 
prolonging that investigation. ESPN reporting that a source told them that in Jim Harbaugh's refusal to acknowledge that he lied to NCAA investigators, it is causing a prolonged path again, as it was reported, to a resolution in this case. Not a whole lot out about this case just yet, but that's at least where we're at with it. Uh, In other news, Michigan has fired its co-offensive coordinator, Matt Weiss, amid his own investigation. This one, a criminal one. Also, the quarterback's coach, which is a big deal for J.J. McCarthy in the future of the offense, he has, quote, computer access crimes investigated under him right now. Reports are that police searched Weiss's home in Ann Arbor during this investigation. Also, not a whole lot known about that investigation either. But OC co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss and quarterbacks coach is out. In other news, Juwan Gary of Nebraska, his season is over on the hardwood after suffering an injury and undergoing shoulder surgery. A starter for Nebraska all games this season averaged nine and a half points and six and a half rebounds before going down. Another Northwestern basketball game has been postponed due to COVID-19. Northwestern will not play Wisconsin here Saturday, and the Wildcats say they will work to find a new date for that game. The first postponed game against Iowa has been rescheduled for January 31st. Finally, LeBron James' son, Bronny James, has put a top three together for potential destinations, Ohio State, Oregon, and USC. Those are the top three schools for the son of the chosen one from from Akron. We'll see what ends up going on. We'll talk more about that next time here on Locked On Big Ten, the potential for all three of those schools. Of course, Ohio State and USC, obvious for why they're on the list. How did Oregon get in there? We'll go over all of it here on Locked On Big Ten. I'll be back here next time on Locked On Big Ten to fill you in on everything you need to know on what's going on in the conference. Before we do that, though, and before we get into the end of the program, a quick update on recruiting news and the latest in bracketology. Only one big note to give you in recruiting, a big transfer get for Nebraska and Matt Rule. Eric Gilbert formerly of Georgia, formerly the number five overall recruit, a five-star guy in the 2020 class, has committed to Nebraska in the transfer portal out of Georgia. The tight end had limited playing time in his time at Athens and other stops before landing in Lincoln. He will get plenty of playing time soon. That you can be sure of. And finally, in the latest bracketology, 10 Big Ten teams make an appearance in the field of 68. Purdue is the one seed and number one seed in the tournament again. Rutgers and Illinois, no, Rutgers is a five seed. Illinois is six seed. Check that. Michigan, a six seed as well. The two seven seeds are Iowa and Indiana. Wisconsin is a nine seed. Maryland, a 10. Northwestern, an 11. Ohio State, a 12 seed and in a play-in game. And Penn State listed as the first team out. That's all for Locked On Big Ten today. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen today. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you through everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, inside analysis from big-time experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back here tomorrow with more on everything you need to know on what's going on in the Big Ten Conference. We got a big weekend of basketball coming up. We're going to look into that and Bronny James's potential to come to the Big Ten. Is Ohio State the favorite 
to land the son of the king. We'll find out all of that here tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, follow along at Locked On Big Ten. It's one zero at the end when you're typing it out on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and on Twitter. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.